How's it going, everybody? This is Chris. Welcome to episode 301 of X Lapsed. And uh, it's uh, still early in the day where uh, we put out episode 300. But um, even so, I've already heard some very, very kind things about not only the episode itself, but the uh, project overall. So before we get into today's book, I wanted to just thank everybody for their uh, for their kindness, um, for their support. It, it really... You know, I've said it before, and I'm sure I'll say it again. It does make all the difference in the world when you're uh, when you're going at it alone on a project that is um, often thankless. Uh, it is uh, it's heartwarming to to get some uh, kind words about uh, about what you uh, what you do with your free time. So thank you all so much. It's still you know very early in the day. Uh, the episode's only been out a few hours, but even so. I've heard plenty of nice things, so thank you all so much. As always with, uh, you know, my projects, uh, there isn't much time to bask in, uh, in celebratory stuff. You know, it's always, what's next? What's on? We're on to the next day here, and uh, as such, uh, it's time for episode 301, where uh, we're kind of just back to the grind. We're going to talk about an issue today that, um, well, there ain't a whole lot to say about it, uh, and that's probably... A good thing, considering my uh, vocal cords are still quite shredded. Um, you know, I, I did the episode uh, 300 yesterday and uh, basically talked to myself for about three hours or so. And then the night before that, uh, me and the fellas did a uh, Royal Rumble live stream that went, you know, over three hours. So, yeah, the uh, didn't get much of an opportunity to rest my uh, my instrument. So... It's a good thing there isn't much to say, and I do realize that I'm saying this over and over again, which kind of undermines the uh, the point. So, let's get into it. Today we're talking about Phoenix Song Echo Number 2. It's had a January 2022 cover day written by Rebecca Roanhorse with art by Luca Maresca and Kyle Charles. Colors, Carlos Lopez and Brian Valenza. Letters, VCs, Dariana Marr. Edits, Okoye, Brunstead, Brevort, and Sabolski. Cover price, four bucks. Now, this one went on sale December the 1st of 2021. I believe this one was one of those issues that was kind of late. You know, remember there was uh, all of those shipping mishaps in uh, November. I think this one was supposed to come out in November since it does have a January cover date. But, uh, hey, what are you going to do? Now, it's worth noting here that this was the issue of Phoenix Song that kind of made my eyebrows perk up. Because it features on the cover our, you know, our hero, Maya Lopez... Seemingly on Krakoa. There were a lot of gateways there. There's a whole lot of X-Men there. We got Wolverine. We got Jean, Cyclops, Forge, of course. It seemed like this was going to be something of a must-read, especially considering the purview 
of this project and this program. I mean, we're definitely getting some Krakoa here, right? Well, we'll find out. Uh, we open with a single-page spread of ketchup and cred, and of course we know Echo is the phoenix. And last issue, she wrecked destruction and caught the attention of Electra and Forge. I, I guess we're still calling her Electra. I thought she was Daredevil now. I don't know. Uh, she then headed back to the Great Plains, where she met that dude named River, who told her she's in some sort of family tree-related danger. So, let's get to it. We open in Flashback Land, and we're in River's head, and he's reliving the day where his parents were killed in a car wreck. You see, they were headed home from the All-Nations powwow when they were T-boned by an 18-wheeler. Not sure whose fault the accident was, as we're not given any context clues, but we could probably assume that River's folks were, you know, in the right. They were innocent victims here. Anyway, River was the only one in the car who survived, and uh, without a single scratch to boot. He would be adopted by the elderly couple who pulled him from the wreckage, and everything was... Kinda hunky-dory, at least relatively speaking. I mean, he had a uh, as good a childhood as possible, given the circumstances. So he lived this somewhat normal life until the lights went out at night. And that is when the voices would set in. Now, sometimes he'd be visited by an apparition of his dead mother who told him that he, and only he, could help her come back. Now, you see, this is a little wibbly-wobbly here, but when the car wreck happened, there was some sort of a tear in space-time or something. And she was sucked through it, but she wasn't whole, you see. Uh, She lacked this certain raw cosmic power. The power of the phoenix. And so it's going to be left to River in order to get that for her. Now, evidently, even back in the long ago, this evil presence in the form of River's mother knew that Maya Lopez was going to wield this power eventually. And I I don't know why River wasn't just sent after uh, Jean Grey or Rachel or the Phoenix Five or, you know, just the big old flaming bird of death and rebirth itself. Details. Details. I guess River's mother is a very patient evil spirit. We hop back to the present, and Maya and River are chatting in his kitchen. Outside, we see our baddie, the Adversary. Now, the Adversary, in case you weren't aware, is not a brand new character and actually has his roots in X-Men comics. He's tied up in Forge's backstory, uh, which tells us that uh, Forge will very likely be back before this miniseries wraps up. And hey, maybe it'll be today! I mean, look at all that X-Men goodness on the cover of this very issue. Okay, so back inside, Maya and River are talking about this looming threat. And you see, as mentioned, it is a family tree sort of thing. The adversary is looking to snuff Maya out before she's even born. Then, the adversary shows up, and Maya goes all phoenixy. River stops her, for some reason, and sucks them both into a portal. And he claims that it's not him doing it. This isn't, you know, this this portal is not his responsibility. It's not his... not what he does. Even though I thought this was his power, I don't know. And what's more, I really don't care. Because in a couple of pages, he's going to say that this happened because his ancestral time-walking mixed with her phoenix force. So it was him doing it? I, I, I mean, the writer can't even keep it straight. Why should we bother? Anyway, next we know... We're back in ye olde 1999, or maybe it's 1998, just about to be 1999. Uh, We got some party like it's 1999 banners up, and I don't think they're related to Prince. Um, Now, I want to say that 1998, 1999 was, one of those years was the first time that Maya made her first appearance in Daredevil, but in our time, she wasn't even born yet. So, uh, everybody feel old yet? Hmm. Anyway, Maya spots her father walking into a nightclub. 
and she barges in after him, handing the bouncer a flaming $20 bill because... I don't know, a roan horse thought it would evoke feelings of bad acidness? I think it just looks dumb. Uh, though the other patrons in line suggest that I'm wrong because it was, in fact, off the chain. So we probably are in 1998-1999. Anyway, inside, Maya spots her mother, who was a waitress in this club. Maya quickly deduces that this might just be the night where her parents first met. So we got some sort of kind of Back to the Future stuff at play here. Now, River tries to stop her from approaching either of her folks, but she is adamant. You see, Maya's mom died when she was quite young, or when Maya was quite young, that is. So she really can't pass up an opportunity like this when it's presented. River tries to appeal to her better judgment and tells her that he's all too familiar with losing one's parents, but Maya ain't hearing none of it. Maya and her mom run into each other. Uh, Mom compliments Maya's earrings and asks if they can trade, which... I don't know, seems like a weird opening line, right? I don't know. Anyway, they do, in fact, trade earrings. But then, the adversary shows up and kills Maya's mom. He rants about how the Phoenix Force belongs to him, yada yada yada. Maya turns and looks to save her father at this point, and River's like, hey, that dude ain't no longer your dad. You see, the adversary's won. Maya doesn't exist in the present anymore. She was never born. And so they rush to another portal, which... I guess River is taking responsibility for this time. Um, And uh, since they can't go back to the present, since Maya isn't there, all they can do is go further back into the past. And so they do. And our issue closes out with our heroes surrounded by a bunch of uh, gun-toting white guys. Because of course we do. I think we're about to be learned something, but thankfully, that's something we'll worry about another day. That's where we leave it, um, and, uh, well, uh, question, mm, where were the X-Men? Uh, they, they were on the cover, right? I mean, that was, huh, and I know we're in the age where covers don't mean diddly squat, but, uh, I feel like an argument could be made that this is a little bit of, uh, you know, false advertising here. I mean, this X-Men cover wasn't the variant. Doesn't mean variants mean even less than a regular cover, but... You'd get the idea, the impression that we were going to get some X-Men stuff, especially since the Phoenix, uh, like it or not, belongs to the X-Men. Eh, I don't know. Now that bit of uh, bullcrap out of the way, uh, this was not a bad issue. I uh, actually had quite a bit of fun talking about it. I, I had fun reading it, too. Uh, this whole uh, Back to the Future sort of thing is... Um, it's not a story you can do too often, but you can do it every now and again. And uh, I thought that this was uh, as well done as it was going to be. Um, moving back into the past, you know, further and further back to try to fix things, make things right, to, uh, to fix a timeline, to fix a, uh, a heritage, a family tree. I think that's a pretty good and fun story that could be told. I am a little worried about how heavy-handed next issue might be. Because, I mean, subtlety is not something that Marvel Comics is great at. So uh, I guess we'll worry about that when we get there. I just hope that we do get a scene somewhere before this ends where we maybe have Maya and Jean talk. Maybe we have Maya on Krakoa here. I know uh, Jean did show up for a panel or two in uh, that Avengers um, arc where where Maya became the Phoenix, but I'd really like to see more of that. Uh, maybe after you know this whole outing happens and Maya can kind of weigh her lessons learned here and... Realize exactly what the Phoenix is and uh, what a uh, what a huge responsibility it is for her to to wield it and uh, also pay tribute to those who wielded it before her. 
But really, there's not a whole lot more to say. This was a, kind of a blink-and-you-miss-it sort of issue here. It flew by reading it, which, that's not always a bad thing. It's not always a great thing, but uh, it went down, you know, quick and painless. Which I'm well aware does not sound like high praise, but I assure you <laughs> that it is, in fact, praise. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic about where this uh, miniseries is headed, and uh, we will be here for it, of course. But I think that's about all I have to say about it. This is a... Uh, Middle chapter, we're still building We still don't know exactly where this is headed We're there for it Now with all that said, let's hop into uh, One of my favorite segments to perform On this program here One that I was actually considering including In episode 300 since it was kind of The return of the show after a little bit of a uh, break um, Marvel previews But, you know, yesterday or I, I don't know if I should date this, the show By saying I recorded it yesterday uh, When I did episode 300 Um like I said, I was talking for like three hours. I didn't want to add any more to it, and uh, it was already a long enough show. So we will do Marvel previews right now. And it might be a little snarky. I don't remember the mood I was in when I wrote it, but uh, we will uh, we will do our best. Uh, the, this information is from Marvel Free Previews, Volume Whatever, Number 4, January for March 2022, Shipping Product. Let's look at our covers here. Our front cover is Immortal X-Men, which we will talk about a little bit. A little bit as we get into it, and our back cover is Carnage Number One, which promises a blood-curdling new symbiote saga because that's exactly what we all need, right? Can can we just stop with the symbiotes for for like a minute? Uh, I mean, one thing that I miss about the early two thousands, there's not much to miss about that time, but one thing I do miss is how we all thought we were way too sophisticated for the symbiote stuff. Can can we go back to that, please? Just, just in this regard. Um, our inside front cover, uh, we learn that the new Doctor Strange is a woman I never saw that coming It's Clea, I believe, but, uh, spoiler alert Now on to our X-Books here Our first one is, of course, Immortal X-Men number 1 By Gillen and Wernick, six bucks And, uh, our blurb is In the Quiet Council, no one can hear you scream So, um, this looks to be our Quiet Council book I, I, from what the, uh from what the solicit tells us here, that this is happening after Inferno and after the X-Lives and X-Deaths of Wolverine or Zlato, Zlato, whatever we were calling it there. I'm definitely looking forward to whatever it turns out to be. Um, a lot of people have been um, kind of examining this cover, looking for any kind of clues about what might be coming our way here. And the only thing that I'm noticing here is the lack of uh, Magneto on the cover when... Magneto was definitely one of the straws that stirred the drink. That's that's a hard phrase to say, even though I say it way too often. Straw that stirs the... I was, I was going to say s- stars that straw... Uh, yeah, uh, never mind. Um, Magneto's not on the cover. Uh, so that... Uh, I don't know what that means. I'm definitely looking forward to this one. This is one of the uh, of the Destiny of X books that I'm most looking forward to. Big fan of Kieran Gillen. Um, Lucas Warnick, wonderful, wonderful artist. And this is just a... Uh, a topic that I don't feel has been adequately fleshed out in our post-Hoxpox landscape here. Of course, we know the Quiet Council. We know what they do to an extent. We know why they're important. But um, this may offer us like a fly-on-the-wall sort of a look at uh, their day-to-day. And that I'm there for. Now, I have not read anything about this. I have not searched for anything about it because I don't want to be spoiled on anything. So for all I know, we know exactly what this book's going to be. I, of course, do not, so in any event, I'm looking forward to whatever it's going to be. Next up, X-Men Unlimited Latitude Number 1 by Hickman and Shalvey. Six dollars. 
Six bucks for the first four parts of the uh, new uh, Infinity Comics X-Men Unlimited. Good grief. Um, now, I'll still buy it because I'm an idiot. And, hey, you know, uh, it looks like this one gifts me a day off as well because I can just compile those first four episodes of our Unlimited coverage and call it good. Because, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If Marvel can do it, if they're allowed to do it, so am I. Uh, next up, The X-Lives of Wolverine, number five of five. Percy and Kassara, five bucks. This is week nine, and it has um, Wolverine versus Omega Red, which is a pairing that I am very, very tired of. Next up, X-Deaths of Wolverine, number five of five. It's Percy and Vicen... Vicentini? Vicentini? I don't know how to say that name. Five dollars. And uh, this one is week ten and has uh, on the cover Wolverine versus a phalanx version of himself. Now they call this a showdown that we'll have to see to believe, and I guess we will see about that. Now, snark aside, as I said during episode 300, um, uh, Zlato's Lado is one that I'm very much looking forward to, simply because uh, the confusion surrounding the first issue. Uh, a lot of folks were saying it was very, very confusing. They didn't know where, when, how we were. And um, it's something that I, I'm kind of envious of, because I wanted to be part of that discussion uh, in real time. But, uh, you know, that's just not how this show works, unfortunately. So we will get there when we get there. I'm certainly looking forward to it, and... Uh, I see it as a uh, wonderful opportunity to do a lot of um, a lot of uh, research that probably won't <laughs> won't matter at all at the end of the day. Uh, next up, Marauders Volume Two, Number One, uh, Orlando Carlini, five dollars. A new team, new villains, new mysteries, and it looks like Cassandra Nova is joining the team. Alrighty, why not? Um, also, Somnus is prominently placed on the cover, which, duh. Uh, Wolverine, Patch, number one of five by Larry Hama and DeVito. This is a $4 book, and um, Wolverine Patch, you'll never, ever guess what this is going to be about. That's Wolverine as Patch. <sighs> On Madripoor, the lawless <laughs> island nation. Uh, and I, it, look like, it looks like it's going to be in present day. So, I mean, I'll give you a moment to pick your jaws up off the floor. Uh, if this was Larry Hama of 1992, I, well, I still probably wouldn't be all that interested, but I'd be a little bit more interested than I am right now. They are calling this an entry point for Wolverine readers, which is what makes me think that this is a present-day and in-continuity right-now sort of a story. Devil's Reign, X-Men number three of three, Duggan and Noto, four bucks. This one has Emma Frost versus Wilson Fisk, and um, I've been, you know, piling the Devil's Reign books here because I didn't know if it would be... Something worth covering on Weblapsed, since I believe it is the Ben Riley Spider-Man who is uh, who is the Spider-Man of this book. I have yet to read it, so I do not know. Um, next up, excellent number two, Milligan All Red, four dollars, and this is another one I don't know where or when this series is happening just yet, or if it'll tie in with the show. In any event, you know, love the ecstatics, love Milligan All Red, so we will be there for it. I don't know if we'll cover it, but. Uh, I will, uh, it's on my order, so I'm definitely going to be getting it. Uh, Sabretooth, number two of five, Lavalle, Lavalle, Lavalle and Kirk, four bucks. This one looks more and more interesting the more I think about it here. Um, when we first heard that there was going to be a Sabretooth series, or a miniseries, I, I think there was like a mixture between like rolled eyes and uh, lifted eyebrows, because it's like, 
Okay, we haven't seen Sabretooth since he was exiled, right? And the hole has been like this looming threat on Krakoa, uh, you know, uh, uh, something to be feared. We saw that in even X-Men Green showed that. But, you know, the more we get about this series, and we're only getting drips and drabs at this point, the more interested I am in it. Um, this uh, solicit says that there's five more mutants down in the hole, which, I mean, we're not, we haven't seen anybody go to the hole since Sabretooth. Sabretooth's been the one and only uh, mutant down there. So, uh... Who are these mutants and why are they there? That's that's interesting, and I'm looking forward to it. Next up, X-Men Volume 6, Number 9, Doug and Pina, 4 bucks. Uh, there's a big banner on top of this page that says, Judgment Day is coming. And judgment is spelled with that extra E here, even though all the, um, all the adverts for the upcoming Judgment Day thing doesn't have that extra E in there. But, uh... Editorial, what are you going to do? Uh, now, Judgment Day, of course, is that damned Avengers X-Men Eternals Mishigas that we're going to be treated to this summer. And if I were a betting man, and I'm not, I, I figure this is probably going to pay off whatever shocking cliffhanger they've already got planned for this year's Hellfire Gala. I don't know, we'll worry about that another time. Um, now, this issue, issue 9, looks like it's going to be pretty chatty. Uh, we're going to get a lot of council talk here. we got the Quiet Council of Krakoa, the Great Ring of Arako, and also the central column of Orcus. So um, I'm thinking this is going to be, you know, very, very exposition heavy here. This is going to be a, a dense uh, little issue. Next up, X-Force Annual, number one, by Shamus and Pimentel, $5. Um, question for, uh, for the, uh, the collectors out there. Is anybody, like, scooping up annuals just because they have a number one on them? Like, are you seeing, like, whatever annual number one, you're like, ooh, ooh, gotta get that. It's a number one. Can, can we just not call every annual number one? I mean, I don't give DC a whole lot of credit these days, but I think they're doing things right in this regard that, you know, just toss the year on these books instead of the number. Marvel used to do that around the turn of the century. I don't know why we don't just go back to that. Maybe, maybe, they, maybe they think that... Uh, the dumber among us will think that it's actually the 2022nd issue of X-Force. <laughs> and that's why they don't do it. I don't know. Uh, next up, Women of Marvel, number one. Again. Yeah, stop me if you heard this one. Why can't this just be Women of Marvel, number two? Uh, is anybody like, ooh, ooh, number one, gotta get it. I don't know. Anyway, last year's uh, installment of Women of Marvel was a complete insult. And I don't expect much more this time. Uh, I do wonder who's going to write the story of Medusa in the hair salon getting her hair done this time. And ooh, ooh, I wonder who's going to do Lady Deathstrike getting her nails done. That's th Those are always the best, aren't they? Anyway, those are our single issues for, um, what month is this? March? March of 2022? Let's hop into our collected editions here. We're going to start with the Extreme X-Men Omnibus Volume 1. 888 pages for 100 bucks. That's a pretty decent deal. Uh, this one includes Uncanny X-Men number 389, X-Men Volume 2 number 109, Extreme X-Men 1 through 24, and number 2001? <gasps> no, the 20, 2001 Annual, which is what they used to do, and it made sense. Uh, Extreme X-Men Savage Land 1 through 4, Extreme X-Men Expose 1 and 2, and X-Men Unlimited number 36. Next up is probably the, the biggie of the month uh, as it pertains to collected editions, and I'm sure this one's been collected before, and I'm sure it'll be collected again. This is the Avengers vs. X-Men Omnibus. 1,680 pages for $150. This one includes, I think, 
Everything. <laughs> Every little bit. Uh, Avengers vs. X-Men, number 0 through 12. AVX versus number 1 through 6. That was such a piece of... Um, Avengers vs. X-Men Infinite. I don't remember that. Uh, number 1, 6, and 10. I do not remember Avengers vs. X-Men Infinite. I, I'm, I, I might have it. I just don't remember it. Avengers Academy, number 29 through 33. Secret Avengers, 26 through 28. Avengers Volume 4, 25 through 30. New Avengers Volume 2, 24 through 30. X-Men Legacy, 266 through 270. Wolverine and the X-Men, 9 through 16 and 18. AVX Consequences, 1 through 5. Uncanny X-Men Volume 2, number 11 through 20. A-Babies vs. X-Babies, number 1. <clears throat> and Point 1, number 1. Next up, X-Factor by Peter David Omnibus, Volume 2, and that is 1,128 pages for 125 bucks. This one includes Madrox 1 through 5, which led into the new run on X-Factor, uh, X-Factor Volume 3, number 1 through 39, X-Factor The Quick and the Dead, number 1, X-Factor Special Layla Miller, number 1, and She-Hulk Volume 3, 4, 5, I don't know, number 31. She-Hulk gets canceled a lot, what can I tell you? And uh, she just launched a new number one, which I'm, I'm guessing uh, will last uh, eight, nine months. Next up, Excalibur by Howard, Volume 2. This is 298 pages for 40 bucks. Uh, this is Excalibur, Volume 4, Issues 16 through 26. Marauders by Duggan, Volume 2, 344 pages for 40 bucks. This includes Marauders number 16 through 20 and 22 through 27, so we we pull out the uh, the Hellfire Gala bits there, as well as uh, King and Black Marauders number one. Now here's one. Here's a goodie here. Hellions by Wells, the entire damn thing. 512 pages for $75. This includes Hellions 1 through 18. Buy this one. Buy it. Put it on your shelf. Love it. <laughs> Read it. This is uh, this is one you need in your life. Uh, speaking of lives, here we have the X Lives and Deaths of Wolverine hardcover, and I believe we're we're pushing these out a couple months now because uh, when Marvel does collected editions in their previews, you just don't know when they're going to come out. I think this one is slated for May. Uh, 288 pages, 75 bucks. This one includes the X Lives of Wolverine one through five, as well as the X Deaths of Wolverine one through five. Next up, Phoenix Song Echo trade paperback, 128 pages for 16 bucks. Uh, Phoenix Song Echo, one through five, the entire thing, and you save four bucks or five bucks by uh, by buying it in this uh, in the trade collection. So it's like getting one of the issues for free. Uh, Reign of X, volume 11, 136 pages for 18 dollars. This one is uh, kind of a sleeper. We got the Way of X number two, as well as Cable volume four, 11 and 12, and Children of the Atom four and five. Finally, we have the X-Factor Epic Collection Volume 9, Afterlives, 496 pages for 45 bucks. This one includes X-Factor 101 through 111 in Annual Number 9, Spider-Man and X-Factor Shadow Games 1 through 3, X-Force Number 38, and Excalibur Number 82. And I guess that is where we'll leave it for today. I do want to get back into uh, calling out, you know, doing the shout-out thing here, but uh, since the show's been kind of off the air for a little bit, I feel like we need to build up again before we do that. Hopefully uh, next episode we'll do that with uh, 
the likes and shares for episode 300. So hopefully we'll get back into that uh, next time out. But um, until then, let's uh, do some contact information here. If anybody out there would like to reach out for any reason at all, please feel free to do so. You can find me several different places. On Twitter, I'm at Ace Comics. Instagram, 90s X-Men. You can send an email to weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com. Or you can call into the X-Lapsed voicemail hotline at 623-396-JERK. For blog posts and show notes, six years plus, Chris is on InfiniteEarths.com. You can join us on Facebook. Our little group is 90s X-Men. Of course, the complete audio archives are available at chrisandreggie.podbean.com. On any of your podcast aggregation applications, Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill, any of the titles of these multitude of shows we have here, you'll be able to find it pretty easy. I uh, actually tested it not too long ago, and uh, yeah, the show comes up (laughs) on search engines, so... Look it up that way. Look it up anyway. But if you're listening, you probably don't need to. Finally, if you'd like to throw a little bit of support behind the show, there is the Patreon. There is uh, exclusive content, both audio and written. Uh, There's behind-the-scenes stuff that probably very few people care about, uh, as well as a great group of folks to chat with. That is patreon.com slash xlapsed. But I think that's going to do it for today. I would love to thank you all so much for joining me and sharing a little bit of your day with me. And until next time, as always, I'll talk to you again real soon. See ya.